I'm using this opportunity to brag. Now the kids would call it a humble brag, but let's face it, there's no such thing as a humble brag. That's an oxymoron. I'm straight out brag bragging. Fire up your tailgate because the NFL is back, people. Get into the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Now listen up because you don't want to miss out on this offer. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. The Sportsbook is not yet available in your state. DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a $1 million as the top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code WINGO to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. And get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code WINGO this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome again to another NFL 2021 preview edition of the Chop Shop. Trey Wingo here with you, and we're taking the big picture on this preview. Yes, we can do divisions, and yes, we can do conferences and all this kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, it's about me in the NFL. Not me specifically, but about the awards that will be given out. So we have brought together two people that when they were in the NFL were diametrically opposed to each other, ladies and gentlemen. And this is the beauty of the Chop Shop brought to you by DraftKings because it brings people together. First of all, I am thrilled, delighted, beyond overjoyed to bring in one of my good friends. You see her on CBS Sports all the time now. She had the greatest front office nickname in the history of the NFL when she ran things for the Raiders as the Princess of Darkness. Ladies and gentlemen, Amy Trask is with us. How you doing, Amy? I am well, and I cannot thank you enough for the honor of joining you and Stink on this Chop Shop. Uh, it really is an honor to quote my mother, I am tickled pink to join you. <laughs> and then, of course, Mark Schleier is with a stink. Now, Mark, the beauty of what we're doing right now, for those that don't understand, you spent the last six years of your life playing for the Denver Broncos. And obviously, in any every way, you were diametrically opposed to the success of Amy Trask and the Raiders, yet somehow here we are together. Yeah, that is the beauty of this, right? Um, the, the great thing about rivalries is when you're on the field, you absolutely loathe, you hate one another. It's sports hate, though, right? It's good hate. Because then when you're off the field, you respect what each other, what you guys have accomplished, what you do, the way you work. Um, that's what that's what rivalries are all about. That's what great organizations are all about. And obviously, when Amy was with the Raiders, they're a great organization. Um, and they were, you know, they were one of those teams that uh, you love to hate, especially if you played in the AFC West. And it's so funny how division rivals are. The Chargers, yeah, that's great. The Kansas City Chiefs have a lot of respect. That's great hate the Raiders, hate them. And so that's just the way we operated. You know, at Stink, you said that beautifully. Sport hate is good hate. Yes. And when I talk about sports rivalries from my almost 30 years in the league, people will often respond and say, get over it. 
And my answer is, that's the fun of sports. We have yeah. to get over all sorts of things in life. We don't have to get over things in sports. And by the way, when I followed Lincoln Kennedy into the stands in Denver, because of course I needed to protect Lincoln because you know Lincoln being his size, right. me being my size, Lincoln needed me to have his back when all the Bronco fans were throwing snowballs at him. So, you know, I'm not over that yet either. Good. <laughs> you shouldn't be. <laughs> okay. So here's what we're going to do with this. We're, we're, we're doing a preview awards. And I think Stink and I can say this from our time at our former place of employment. We always hated doing this because we did it in August. Like nothing is worse than, hey, who's going to win the Super Bowl in August? Well, I'm like, well, who's playing? No, like literally <laughs> who's healthy and playing? Tell me that first and then we'll decide. So we're going to take this one step further and go out uh, accolades across the board. We, we, we understand it's kind of ridiculous. We understand it doesn't really make any sense, but people seem to like it anyway. So that's what we're going to do. We're all going to make our picks on these things. And then after all three of us pick, Amy gets to decide which one is the best because she's Amy Trask. And you're okay with that, right, Stig? Yeah, I'm absolutely fine with that. I, I trust Amy's opinion, and I know um, that she is not going to just side with you because I simply play for the Broncos. I know she's, she's above that. Stink, if I'm making picks too, why wouldn't I just side with me? Yo, what, that's makes, a good point. <laughs> what makes either of you think I'm going to rule in your favor? And by the way, Trey, I agree with you entirely. And given that I have that law school background, I just yeah. want to state my objection on the record before we get started when you ask these questions. Objection, leading question, calls for a conclusion, calls for speculation, <laughs> hypothetical, assumes a fact not in evidence. I plead the fifth, and as my sister once said when she was appearing in court and she objected to something and the judge said, what's your objection? And she said, I don't like the question. So there you go. You have all my <laughs> objections on the record. That's beautiful. And if if I were a judge, I would say noted, counselor. Okay, so <laughs> so here, here we go. Let's start with this one I think is the easiest one of all, the defensive player of the year. Because last time I checked, Aaron Donald is still playing. So until someone can find someone better than Aaron Donald is and what he does in the NFL, this is my default position, ad infinitum, e pluribus unum, forever and ever, world without end, amen. That's it. That's all I got to say. Uh, it's, it's funny because that was, that was mine as well. And <laughs> like, great minds think alike. Listen, I still get diarrhea watching that guy play. Like he makes me, he makes me sick to my stomach. He is, to me, the best player in the National Football League, bar none. He is frightening. The combination of power, explosion, speed, and quickness, and doing it up and down the line of scrimmage, he is a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And I'm 100% with you. Until somebody knocks him off, um, I'll go in that direction. If I had to pick somebody else just off the top of my head, I think Fred Warner of the San Francisco 49ers, the middle linebacker Inside position, linebacker, yeah. is freaking phenomenal. His ability to read things, to trigger, to expand width in zone drops, to man cover is probably second to none. He and Devin White, um, I think, are, are, uh, are just exceptional. But Aaron Donald would be my first choice. And I would throw in there Darius Leonard real quick as well. But now, Amy, your turn. Yes. Well, it will be unanimous then because I will go Aaron Donald. And when people ask this question, who will be the defensive player of the year, it reminds me of when people would ask of the 90s NBA, who was the MVP? And if your answer was anything other than Michael Jordan, I don't yeah. get it. So I draw that parallel. If your answer is anything but 
Aaron Donald, I don't get it. You men know I worked for Al Davis for almost 30 years. Pass rush, pass rush, pass rush, but he can do so much more. If you force me to name someone else, I will tell you someone. I don't know that he'll get to the level of defensive player of the year, but keep your eye on Derwin James. If he can stay healthy, and that's a big if, although I have some suggestions for the Chargers in that regard. It involves crystals, amulets, chakra. But (laughs) Derwin James is someone to keep our eye on. But to me, this is as easy as naming Michael Jordan the MVP of the NBA in the 90s, Aaron Donald. Yeah, as, as Charles Barkley said when he won the MVP one year, I'd like to thank Michael for having an off year. So you're, 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 a, you're 100% right. And if we're talking about Al, the quarterback must go down and must go down hard. That much we know. This next one's a little interesting because we're calling it the Offensive Player of the Year, but I have a suggestion because we all know that the MVP, barring some sort of ridiculous thing, is going to be a quarterback, right? It's, like, it's going to be a quarterback, so let's take quarterback out of the equation here. Right? No? You don't like that, Amy? Uh, Objection, Your Honor. Okay, so we get quarterbacks in. Fine, Amy gets to rule. Okay. (laughs) Offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year. Uh, Stink, who are you going with? You know, I'm I'm going to take the quarterbacks off the board because I don't like quarterbacks, um, and uh, and they get all the accolades anyhow. So you know that somebody's going to win that at that position. But how about this for a swan song in Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers, his number hey, one receive his number one receiver, Devontae Adams, who's who's risen from what a second round draft pick to arguably one of, if not the best receiver in football. They have such a connection. And when you watch him on film, he is so smart. Like from a route running standpoint, from an understanding of defensive standpoint, from a leverage standpoint, there's nothing that this guy can't do to give Aaron Rodgers a target to be open. So I'm going to go Devontae Adams, um, kind of out of left field for offensive player of the year. Well, for following up with the Amy Trask theme of Jordan in the 90s, it was – Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers that posted that picture last dance together uh, before Aaron came back and was signed. Um, I'm going to go Randall Cobb. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going Randall Cobb. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think if there's someone else that I could take that's not a quarterback that I think would even qualify in terms of his ability and the things he's going to do on the field. Um, I don't know if I can come up with one, so I'm going to throw a curveball at you. And I'm going to say Justin Herbert, the quarterback for the Chargers. Oh, Amy, were we like this? Were we like this? See, there you go. Uh, that guy, we all missed on him, okay? I, I, we all were like, well, we don't know. And all. He's solid. He's rock solid. Apparently, Amy didn't miss. Yes. Uh, but uh, I, I'm going with Justin Herbert to be the offensive player of the year. Amy, the floor is yours. Well, I'm going with Justin Herbert, and for those who know me, as you do, um, from the time I was in kindergarten, I was labeled a behavior problem, doesn't listen directions, doesn't follow directions, doesn't pay attention. So that's why when you said, don't pick a quarterback, I said, yeah, I'm picking a quarterback. And (laughs) I'm using this opportunity to brag. Now, the kids would call it a humble brag, but let's face it, there's no such thing as a humble brag. That's an oxymoron. I'm straight out brag bragging. Going into the 2020 draft on our pregame show on CBS Sports Network, asked who we thought was going to surprise a lot of people and who someone should take a chance on that many people weren't looking at. I said Justin Herbert. He played under three different coaches and three different systems in college, none of which were tailored to his skill set. 
when he played against Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl, they tailored those games to his strengths, and we saw who he was. So I am bragging. I said, take Herbert before that draft. And I'm not sure he's going to be the offensive player in the week, but I just wanted of the year, but I did want the opportunity to brag. Let me ask you really quick, because you bring up a great point. He was phenomenal last year. I did a game between the Chargers and the Raiders that ended the very last play of the game on a, a, it was a touchdown for the Raiders. It was overruled as an incompletion and the Chargers won the game, but Herbert was exceptional. And I, I guess my question would be, are you concerned at all with Justin having lost Pep Hamilton, his quarterback coach, and Steichen, the offensive coordinator, that really made things, talking to him before that game, really simplified things and made things um, made things easy for him and going into his second year with a little bit of an adjustment and a different coordinator, different quarterback coach, does that concern you, Amy? It does. And it always concerns me when a quarterback has multiple coaches, multiple systems, especially in the early years. Look, right now, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, if we count the interim head coach, he's on his fourth head coach wow. of his career. Wow. Of course, that's going to be a challenge. So I think that's a terrific point, Stink. We're going to see how that plays out. I do know that Justin had a 4.0 in college, and he won the William Campbell Trophy, which is considered the, the um, academic, academic Heisman. Yeah. Uh, so I am worried about it. I think you raise a phenomenal point, but he's got the intellect to process things quickly, and I hope for him it's a seamless transition. Yeah, and the last thing on him, you know, the thing we need to understand, because people always questioned his introvertedness, let people be who they are because who he was was good enough. You know, it was good enough. And the mm -hmm. team rallied around him because he did. He wasn't a phony. He wasn't a, I'm going to try and be something I'm not. And, and it worked out completely. So, again, kudos to Tom Telesco, uh, the GM of the Chargers, for making that happen. And, Trey, I'm going to add to that the best advice I've ever received in my life was from my mom who told me from the time I was little, to thine own self be true best advice I've ever received. I will admit to you that it wasn't until I was almost graduating from Berkeley that I learned my mom didn't invent that. Shakespeare did, but that's what <laughs> Justin Herbert did. And that's what he could, should continue to do to his own self be true. And it was good enough for the Chargers last year. Now we get to coach of the year and I'm going to go out on a limb and say, Dan can't. No, I'm not going to say that. Um, uh, Stink, who, who is your, who is, I love man Campbell. Like I'm here for all his press conferences. I just want to be hundred percent clear. Right. Uh, Stink, wh where are you leaning uh, uh, coach of the year? Uh, I'm getting, listen, this is somewhat of a Homer pick because of my time with Mike Shanahan, but I think Kyle Shanahan, you know, from his ability to tell a playing staff and a coaching staff, what we're going to do, why we're going to do it, how it's going to work, how if you buy into it, it's going to benefit not only us as a football team, but it's going to benefit you as a player and they get everybody on the same page. I probably talked to 12 different coaching staffs this year, just in the offseason, guys that I have connections with, guys that you know I, I consult for a couple teams in the NFL and just people in general. There was not one coaching staff that didn't say, I've been studying the San Francisco 49ers run game. I'm trying to implement what they're doing. And they do a great job of that. And I do believe that the NFC West is the toughest division in football, that and the AFC North. And you win that division, that's a murderer's row. I mean, Arizona's up and coming. Obviously, the Rams went out and got Stafford. We know what Seattle has been the last few years. 
you win that or compete in that division, you're a damn good coach. And, and so I'm going to go Kyle Shanahan with the Niners winning the NFC West. By the way, uh, you're not alone in that. A lot of people, like for, people forget about San Francisco. They had a league high 32 players on IR last year. And it's not only quantity, but it was quality. Seven of the top 10 cap hits last year ended up on IR. So that's why they went from six, the Super Bowl to six and 10. I'm going to go with a guy who doesn't, I think, get enough credit for being a head coach. And I think the big move in the offseason here may help him. And that's Mike Vrabel. You know, when it's all said and done, mm. if we're being honest, Mike Vrabel who never was an assistant under Bill Belichick, but obviously played for Bill in New England, might end up being the best Bill Belichick disciple when it comes to coaching. Like, he gets his players. His players get him. You know, they made the big move with Julio Jones this offseason to give opposing defenses. Are you going to give us a skinny box against Derrick Henry, or are you going to double up two of the best wide receivers in football and A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, provided Julio is healthy and can be 95% of what he was? I'm going to go with Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans. Amy, what about you? Well, wait for it, men. Here it comes. I'm going Bill Belichick, and I'll tell you why. Well, background. In my years with the Raiders, Al involved me only one time in a coaching search. So almost 30 years, one time he involved me in a coaching search, had me meet every coach, and then he said to me, who would you hire? And I said, Bill Belichick. And I thought that would remain between Al and me because he didn't hire Bill. He went on to hire another very good coach. Uh, we all know who that is. Uh, he, he, I thought he'd never share that. And then at a press conference one day, he said, Amy told me to hire Bill. And I cherish the fact that he said to me throughout my career thereafter, kid, you know how to pick a coach. So I'm yeah. going with Bill Belichick and I'll tell you why. Everybody wants to do the Brady without Bill, Bill without Brady comparison. Last year was not a fair comparison of Bill as compared to anybody. You know, the roster was depleted. They had more COVID opt-outs than any other team. They also lost players to free agency. Uh, Cam Newton comes in, no real offseason, no opportunity to have normal OTAs and learn a new offense, no preseason games. So we didn't see how good they could be. And there were no weapons for him. So right. this year, there have been some additions. There's been a real offseason. There are preseason games. And I think we're going to see Bill be Bill. Listen, you're 100% right. Tom went to a ready-made team that if their last quarterback hadn't thrown 30 interceptions the year before, they might have done a lot of damage in the postseason, taking nothing away from him. But to say what right. Bill was dealing with in New England and what Tom was walking into in Tampa – it wasn't the same thing. And thank right, you. For, thank, I'm yeah. sorry. Thank you for adding that because I don't in any yeah. way want to take away from what Tom right. accomplished, no, but simply no. to suggest that the comparison is wrong. And I'm excited. You know, look, whether he wins coach of the year or not, who knows? Probably not. But I'm picking him for a couple of reasons. A, I'm bragging again, but B, <laughs> I want to see what he can do with a real offseason without the most COVID opt outs in the lead with some weapons for the quarterback. I'm excited to watch. All right, well, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll go through the MVP and, of course, the thing we all love talking about, who's going to win the Super Bowl in August. Stay with us. We're coming right back. As you know, football is right around the corner, and you need to get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is doing this. They're giving you, new customers, $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Now, listen up, because you don't want to miss this. 
Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. Sportsbooks are not available in your state. DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for Week 1, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Look, nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a million bucks. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code WINGO to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code WINGO for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, welcome back to the Chop Shop uh, preview edition. Trey Wingo here with Amy Trask and Mark Schlereth. Uh, we're going big picture awards, and uh, we've been through a bunch. I'm going to start the MVP discussion here the same way I started my defensive player of the year. Is Patrick Mahomes playing? Then yes, he is my runaway presumptive favorite to win the MVP. Are there other quarterbacks that could, like Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom? Absolutely. But if you're asking me at the start of the season, you got to pick one guy that you think is the presumptive favorite. I'm going with the guy who's had the greatest start to his career of any quarterback I can ever remember, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Amy. Well, I'm going in a different. First, first of all, you know, excellent choice. If I'm the judge, I'm ruling in your favor, probably not in my favor. Uh, but I'm going to go in a different direction because I am so annoyed that he has not gotten his appropriate due over his career. So on the theory that this is long, long, long overdue for many seasons put together where he has put his entire team on his back and carried it to victories, Russell Wilson. Yeah, never, he's never even gotten an MVP vote. That's how crazy I, I, this is. It, that is incomprehensible to me. There are times yeah. he has been the entire offense for many seasons. So on that theory alone, I'm going Wilson. He deserves it in hindsight. Yes. And, and Stink, I think you and I can both say it's inconceivable that yes, he has not it, had a single it, it, it not had a single vote for the MVP. That is uh, all right. That's unbelievable. It really is. Uh, well, it's it drives you to the cliffs of insanity. Right. I mean, it, it will. Really does. It will. There's no question. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, we've done this already. Yes. Go ahead. Who's your MVP vote? All right. So my MVP goes, uh, I, I'm going to go to the world's greatest American. Uh, I have a man crush on him. I've always had it. Uh, Tom Brady. And um, listen, just because it would be cool. I think he's 60. Um, for a 60-year-old. <laughs> he just turned 44. Yeah, to, for a 44-year-old to win the MVP. And it was so interesting doing Tampa games last year and getting, you know, having those conversations with Tom Brady and him saying, you know, him and, and Bruce Arians go, hey, man, I was married for 20 years. I got divorced and now I'm dating. And he goes, I, I haven't even hit first base yet. This is week four, week five. <laughs> like, he goes, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. Right, and to, to watch the the just the amalgamation of two different theories where Tom Brady was always, I want to know pre-snap. So I want motions. I want formations. I want to I want to put guys um, in motion so I can see defensively. They have to declare, is it man? Is it zone? What am I getting? Where Bruce Arians is more about let's be in static formations, and I want you to read the middle linebacker to the safety to determine what they're doing. And so it was two separate mind, you know, two separate thought processes um, to to orchestrate an offense. 
And they had to come together. And that, it wasn't without headbutting. If you know Bruce Arians, you know Bruce Arians going to fight with you. And yeah. he's a great coach. He's a great dude. But, you know, like my coach used to say to me, the late, great Alex Smith, who coached for the Ra- – or Alex Gibbs, excuse me, who coached for the uh, Oakland Raiders as well, is um, there is no virgin meat on my ass. It's all been chewed. And if you play for Bruce Arians, <laughs> your ass has yeah. been chewed, even if you're Tom Brady. And so for them to come together and meet in the middle and say, okay, let me take some of your stuff and let me give you some of my stuff and let's figure this out. Remember, they were eight and five before they went on that run to a world championship. Uh, I just thought what he was doing is amazing. Uh, I love the fact that he's old because I'm old and uh, and I'm going to go with Tom Brady. Stink to your point. All the kids today want to say to people our age and yes, I'm older than Tom, but they want to say, okay, boomer. Well, let me just say to you kids, Take a look at Tom, okay? So thank yeah. you, Tom Brady, for giving the boomers a little bit of love. <laughs> yes. By, by the way, I believe Tom Brady is human, and I believe eventually he'll age. But there's also a part of me that at some point when he's won his 12th Super Bowl, he'll just say, oh, by the way, I'm the son of Satan. You know, I live forever, and right. that's it. And we're going to be doing this for another 30 years. Do you remember that scene in the movie where she said to the, um, gosh, Meg Ryan character or of yeah, her? Yeah. I'll yeah. have what she's having. She's having, right. yes. Whenever yeah. I see Tom Brady, I think I'll have what he's having. Yeah, when Harry, when Harry met Sally, one right. of the great movies of absolute all time. Now we're going to do this thing about who's going to be in the conference championship uh, games. Uh, let's start. <laughs> yeah, thrilling. I know. Let's start with the AFC. If you had to put money on an Amy right now, give me the two teams that will be playing for the right for the Lamar Hunt Trophy. You know, I actually own a magic eight ball. Remember those from when you were a kid yeah, and you'd say like magic eight ball and you'd shake it and it would give you the answer. I wish I had time to go find my magic eight ball in the other room because it's likely to be as accurate as we are when it comes to Correct. this prediction. You know, I'm going to say something which goes against trends. Uh, people believe that when you lose a Super Bowl, there is the proverbial Super Bowl hangover. I remember Andrea Kramer saying to me after we lost the Super Bowl to Tampa, how are you going to manage the Super Bowl hangover? And I said, oh, there's nothing to that. Well, there's something to that. Uh, But I believe if any coach or one of a few coaches is capable of overcoming that, it's Andy Reid. So I'll say Kansas City. Uh, Mahomes is just dialed in. I'll say Kansas City. And what the heck, since I have no idea what the heck I'm talking about, this is just a crazy prediction. Since the Super Bowl's in Los Angeles, why don't I say the Los Angeles Chargers? Ooh, like that. Division rivals, even. That would be fantastic. Stink, what about you? Yeah, I think Kansas City is always the right answer because of how talented they are and because of the quarterback that they have. So Kansas City will be one of my football teams. I think the other team that really intrigues me, because I think they play the best brand of complementary football in the National Football League, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, when, you, yeah. when you play the Baltimore Ravens, it's amazing. What they do to you, they take the opening kickoff, and they're so versed in if you split the field in half, getting number counts on one side of the field, the way they run the ball with Lamar Jackson being one of the primary running backs, if you will, um, they get these number counts, and, and people don't know how to defend it. You can't defend that. You can't work on that in practice. You can't get the real fits. You can't rub, you know, you can't be full contact in there and get those fits. So it takes people a quarter, two quarters to kind of figure it out what they're doing and how to do that in the game of actual action. And what they do is they drive the ball, they take eight minutes off the clock, they score a touchdown. 
They kick the ball off to you. Their defensive coordinator, Week Martindale, will blitz you on first down, get you in the backfield for minus two. Now, all of a sudden, second down and 12. They got you behind the chains. They get off the field, three and out. Then they take the ball and run it down your throat seven more minutes. And the next yeah. thing you know, the first quarter has ended. You've had three plays, and you're down by 10 points. And as a coordinator on the offensive side of the ball and the other side of the ball, you're like, shit, we're down to six possessions. Tops, yeah. a normal game has 12 possessions. We're down to six. And now you scrap pile everything you worked on all week and you start throwing the ball on every down. They find themselves, they put you in that position. And if Lamar can continue to develop from a passing standpoint, um, like they, they've got a chance to do some special things. And for all those people that have, have has the league caught up to, <laughs> to um, Lamar Jackson, or like, give me a break. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what he's going to do. You just can't catch him. Right, he's like the yeah. road runner, and you're Wiley Coyote. Good luck with that. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and to that point, you're 100% right. My biggest concern is they've let some really good defensive players go over the last couple of years. Matthew Judon is going to be a star in New England, and he was a difference maker mm -hmm. for that Ravens defense to what you're talking about with Wink Martindale. That's my concern for Baltimore, that side of the ball. Not surprising to anybody. I'm also putting Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. But I really believe in what Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans are doing. So I'm going to put the Titans inside that AFC Championship game. So now we go to the NFC, where last year was Green Bay hosting Tampa Bay. Uh, the Bay of Pigs, as my old friend Chris Berman used to say all the time. Obviously, not pigs anymore. Uh, Stake, let's start with you. NFC, if you had to pick two teams right now, who would it be? Well, I mean, I've never seen anybody return all 22 starters before. 23, actually, let's be honest. Antonio Brown isn't a starter, but he might as well be. <laughs> right. So they literally returned 23 starters. All right. I've, I've never seen such a thing. So, um, and, and, you know, they were just starting to hit their stride. Tom Brady was playing on a, on a bad or bulky knee. Um, I, I just think from a confidence standpoint, talking to the guys on that team, they've just never had that type of leader in Tom Brady, a guy that that basically is one of the dudes, you know, and, it, and it's funny talking to like Bruce Arians, he'll tell you, man, Tom Brady comes off and people think he's cussing at players. He's cussing at himself. Like well, his, he will also cuss at his players. Oh, there's no question. Clear. There's no question. <laughs> but he's cussing at himself. He's cussing other guys out. But he sets such a standard in practice and in the, in the building that everybody just so respects the way he approaches the game. And you know what he's done? He's walked into that locker room, into that environment, and he's made guys like Mike Evans, guys like Chris Godwin, guys on their offensive line, guys on their defensive side, actually reevaluate their own position as professionals and going, I need to pick my shit up. Yep, and that's what, that's what he's done. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay. And then I think um, – just for the swan song aspect of it, I'm going to go the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers. Rematch. I, 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 yeah, I love what they've done on offense. I love what Matt LaFleur has done from a, a game planning standpoint and taking some of the pressure off of Aaron and, and making it more about scheme than it is individual matchups. Although on third downs, you know, it's scheme first and second down, individual matchup. What's my best matchup on third down? But I'm going to go, I'm going to go the Green Bay Packers. All right, Amy, what about you? Well, I'm tempted to say the same two teams that you just said stink, but that wouldn't really be any fun, right? right. If I just say samesies or what he said, or so mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, I'm going to rule out what you said. Although I will say I'm extremely tempted to say Green Bay because of course, Aaron Rodgers is a Cal bear. 
Uh, but I'm not going to let myself answer either Tampa or Green Bay since you did. I'll pick two other teams and I'll say one will be Seattle. I like what Seattle did this offseason. There was some consternation. There was some friction. There were some issues and it was handled in the manner I think is best to handle matters such as those. Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, they communicated, they coordinated, they collaborated, they cooperated, they had conversations and they moved forward. And I think the team will be stronger for it. So I'm gonna say Seattle, so tempted to say Green Bay also or Tampa, but you know what? I'm gonna go with my Los Angeles theme. I live in Los Angeles, the beach is that way, man. So I picked the Chargers for the AFC. What the heck? Let's have an all Los Angeles Super Bowl right here in my hometown. Los Angeles will go Los Angeles Rams. Although I do think the Rams did Jared Goff, another Cal Bear, a bit of dirt. What they did to Jared Goff reminded me of the meme where the guy's walking with his arm around a girl and he's looking at the other girl. Yes. And this was yeah. Goff and that was Stafford. And I really felt the whole way that played out was Goff, Stafford, that girl meme. So um, I didn't like how it was handled with Goff, but I am intrigued what the Rams are going to do. And I'll say Chargers Rams, LA, baby. Uh, listen, I, I can't disagree with you there. Although if I'm the guy in the middle, I'm going with Stafford. No, no, disrespect. No, no disrespect to Jared Goff. So here's what I'm going to do. Wait a minute, that's, Trey. Yeah, Trey that's, yeah, like, yeah. That's, like the, that's like the movie Dumb and Dumber. Nice ass. Yeah. He must work out. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to see. We're going to see. Yeah. Everyone has a – and look, I'm not getting into the debate. I just – when I saw that unfolding, I really did think of that meme. You know, you got the man. He's yeah. got his arm around the woman. He's looking at the other one, and that's how I felt. I don't think they said goodbye appropriately and thank you appropriately to Goff. That's fair. Um, yeah. I'm also interested to see there are such high expectations for Stafford. Let's see what he can do. That's fair. Um, he's never had those in Detroit. We can certainly say that <laughs> with with with, uh, with uh, great certainty. Uh, I'm going to go obviously with the the Tom Brady led uh, Buccaneers because I, it just, it seems impossible. Um, but I am also going to go with the Rams. I really like what Sean McVay has done. I love the fact they brought in Deshaun Jackson. Hey, where did he go to school? There you go. I love what you just there did is. there. Another Thank you very much. That, what I love about the Rams is they don't have a true number one receiver, but they have great number twos across the board, and they all work well together. Love the trade for Sony Michelle because of the injury to Cam Makers, so it gives them more depth with Daryl Pollard there. And, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey line up on defense. That should be enough to, to get you where you need to go. So I'm going to go the Bucks, and then I'm going to go the Los Angeles Rams, which brings us to the thing we all hate to do more than anything else, the Super Bowl and who wins. So, Stink, who's in the Super Bowl and who wins? I'm going to go um, – can Kansas City go to three in a row? I, this just in, they can. Yeah, yeah. I No, I'm, I'm just I, – I, I'm not going to allow myself to go there. I'm going to go Baltimore because I need a little change. And I'm going to go Tampa. And uh, no, I'm going to go Baltimore and Green Bay, and the Green Bay Packers win the world championship. Ooh. How about that? All right. I like that. Amy, what about you? I'm going to tell you who's going to win this Super Bowl. And you guys are going to think I'm punting to use a football expression, but I mean this really and truly and sincerely. You know who's going to win this Super Bowl? The National Football League. Because yep. if in this second season, with the virus swirling and mutating and the issues we have and the COVID protocols, if the league can replicate this season, what the league did last season, True. and pull off another entire season and have a Super Bowl 
on time, on schedule, well, then you know what? The league wins this mm -hmm. Super Bowl and a lot of businesses and a lot of leaders could take a lot of lessons from the way the league is handling things. You're 100% yeah. right there, Amy. Stink, go I, ahead. I just want to say one thing. At the end of last season, I'm calling a game and we're wrapping up the season. And my partner, Adam Amin, who I absolutely love, he's phenomenal play-by-play -play guy. guy. He is. Hits me up and asks me a question, you know, and I said, just off the top of my head, in all its imperfection, this season was perfect. Yep. It couldn't have been, it just couldn't have been better. And I know there were a lot of things that you had to deal with. And I know there were no fans, but man, football is community. And the way it brings us together, like people, as people, there's nothing else like it to me. And, and I'm with you, Amy. It's, it's amazing what the league did last year. And if they can replicate that, it'll be amazing again this year. And Stink, you saw this throughout your career. I saw it throughout mine. Trey, you've seen this. And this was something I thought at every game I attended for almost 30 years. You look through a stadium on game day and the diversity in the crowd, whether it's age, race, gender, religion, every, every, everybody in that stadium together has a common interest for the, well, except for the visiting team fans. But <laughs> everybody is rooting and cheering and differences are forgotten and it's a uniting moment yes. um, when when that when your team wins that game with that last minute field goal as time's expiring and everyone is embracing that's a moment to carry with everybody outside of the stadium completely agree and uh, again the bonus of last year we had a game at least one game on every day of the week sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday <laughs> right. friday saturday which was phenomenal well i am sort of a super bowl nerd when it comes to stuff 